So here we are, Sunday morning, bucolic splendor, but is Lecompton, Kansas, 66050. I had this, uh, uh, I had this teacher, or not a, a substitute teacher in high school, that whenever he was subbing in your class, he would always write H.K. Stevens, Ottawa, Kansas, 66067 on the board. And so, yeah. But every, every Saturday we have Bible study with the kids, and I say, here we are. It's like pushing a button, and they all say, Saturday morning, the bucolic splendor of Ottawa, Kansas, 519 South Loke. I mean, I'm using it to teach them their address and our phone numbers and even our email addresses. So, it works well. Usually Zoe kind of starts out, and then she goes, blah, 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 blah. So... So, in fact, I looked back at her just now and I said, here we are. And she started going, nah, 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 nah. So. That's true. So, yeah, it's, you know, sadly she was, you know, tragically born without a personality. I don't know what to do about it. But. <laughs> I, think, I think she got the excess personality that was floating around in our gene pool. But. All right. Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you for this place to gather. And we just pray that today you would minister your word as only you can. And that you would plant these things in our hearts. And that you would cause them to uh, to bring forth. God, as only you can. God, that you would bring the increase to them in our lives. God, we are looking to you. God, as the author and finisher of our faith. And trusting in you to uh, complete the, the good work that you've begun in each one of us. In your name we pray it. Amen and amen. So go with me to Hebrews 4. Appreciate everybody continuing to pray for Levi. came down with another fever yesterday. So now it appears that he might be having a strep. So, huzzah. Yep, he woke up this morning covered in little bumpy things and been complaining about his throat for a couple of days. So they said that he would probably be really susceptible to being sick after his surgery, but he's been sick almost continuously ever since. So we're all we're all a little burnt out on the having a sick person at the house thing. So anyway, uh here in Hebrews four Let's start at the beginning. <clears throat> Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. You know, and uh, you know, for uh, you know, the book often tells you to not be afraid. So, so if he says, "Let us therefore fear," it's like fear what? <laughs> Seems like something you'd want to pay attention to. And he says, "Being left of us." or a promise being left of us of entering into his rest, and you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. And of course, the them he's talking about is the children of Israel. He just got finished talking about um, uh, what he called the the day of provocation in the wilderness where uh, and and all the, the uh, grand time that they had uh, wandering in the desert afterwards. 
So he says, Unto us was the gospel preached as well as to them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So we can hear the word of God, um, but not receive it, not believe what it says, not accept it. And it leaves us in this place of uh, of not profiting. You know, you can come into church and and leave thinking, well, I didn't really get anything out of that, or that didn't really, I don't know, it just wasn't, eh, you know. I've left restaurants feeling like that before, you know. But you should never leave church feeling that way. It's like, you know, I've, I mean, I've been to some buffets that's like, wow, they were really off today. You know, never been to church and been like, wow, God was really off today. I've, I've come to church and think, wow, I was really off today. <laughs> That's entirely different. So he says then that, that in order for the, the word to profit us, it has to be mixed with faith. So he says, for they which have believed do enter into his rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spoke on in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. So, uh, I like how he puts this because um, because he said that they which have believed have entered into his rest. Uh, and then and he puts this word if there. Like, because I said if they shall enter into my rest, even though the works were already finished. You know, we, we have... Uh, we all understand you. You know, it's like pushing a button. It's like, do you believe that your salvation was all totally finished up, wrapped up, and taken care of at Calvary? You're all going to say yes. Of course, I do. So then why do we not enter into His rest about it? Then, you know, why don't we just? Why aren't we settled then on the fact that it's He does that, that it's, then it's finished? And that's what He's talking about here in this chapter: is that this coming to that place of rest. So he says, <clears throat> of course that goes back to why uh, Mike would, would ask me these questions and I would say the correct answer is yes. It's like I'm not going to tell you no because even though I feel like no today, I know the correct answer is yes. God's got everything under control. So he says in verse 6, Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limits a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it said, Today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have afterwards spoken of another day. There, that almost seems like it should be in parentheses. There, today, seven and eight. You know, seems like it should be saying, Therefore, it remains that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. There remains, therefore, a rest to the people of God. But, uh, you know, we talked last week about, um, I think actually just out of chapter 3, about you know hearing what God has to say to us today. Because it's, it's uh, um, because, you know, it's, we like I said before, we have a tendency to kind of put things off till someday. You know, this thing will happen someday. And, uh, you know, and God's talking about, but what about, Today, like my word has power today, because we can use 
this sense of deferring the things that God is talking about to some later date to sanitize the fact that we just don't believe it. It's like it'll happen someday, but you know, um, because there, uh, it's it feels like you're putting God on the spot, or actually, it feels like you're putting you on the spot somehow if you are if you decide that God's going to do this now, or God's talking to me about doing something today. And of course, uh, men have conditioned the church to to believe that well, if if you put God on the spot and you don't get it, it must be you. It's like well, you know, it's like you just didn't have enough faith to get it, and all that kind of stuff. But what he says here is that there remains therefore a rest to the people of God, and actually this word is, means a, a keeping of the Sabbath to the people of God. For he that has entered into his own rest has also ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us therefore labor to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And this word unbelief is interesting. It's kind of used interchangeably uh, with um, another word. They kind of both use both of these words interchangeably to mean either unbelief or disobedience. Uh, and they come, f- they come from this root word that means unpersuadable, which is really interesting because, uh, you know, Paul talked about being fully persuaded. And so God goes out of his way to persuade us that we can trust him, to persuade us that, that what he's promised he's able to perform. So he says, let us, and, and, I, and I like the the way he talks about this because he says, let's labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. It's like, I don't know about you, but usually if you're going to go rest, it's not really so much of a labor, you know, unless you're like, you know, having trouble getting your shoes untied so that so you can sit in your comfy chair with your comfy blankie, you know, or you forgot your cup of coffee and you have to get up and go get it. I mean that that would be laboring dinner into your rest, I suppose. But but it, but it sounds like what do you mean labor to rest? It's like those seem like they're kind of mutually exclusive to me. Uh, I love the story little Bob tells about uh, uh, them working on something like the, the all the music equipment I think in their basement over Bobby Norrie's house back when he was in high school. And he's like, man, Dad, this smacks of work. Because <laughs> it was Saturday. And he's like, man, I don't know about this, Dad. My kids are so clever. My, my kids do stuff like that. It's like if I want them to do something on Saturday, they're like, but Dad, it's the Sabbath day. <laughs> like, that's right. The priests worked on the Sabbath day. <laughs> so, <laughs> my house is interesting. So... No, we went to visit my family yesterday um, before Levi got too sick, and uh, we were talking about uh, about my dad, and uh, and my mom was talking about some of the, something that I said. She's like, "You sound just like your dad." She's like, "I don't know where he gets this stuff." It's like, I don't, I don't know either. You know, Mike is laughing way too loud. But, he knows my dad and I both quite well. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, I I I heard this guy once at. Uh, yeah, he's one of those guys that like announces, okay, now boarding for this flight or whatever at the airport, and there was a delay of some sort, and everybody was you know standing there crowding around the gate in desperation with their bags in their hands, and and he gets on the little thing and he's like, you know, I appreciate your enthusiasm. However, there's been a delay, and we're not going to be boarding for like another hour. And uh, uh, once we finally got to get on the plane, I told him that uh, I really enjoyed, because he said a lot of funny stuff, and uh told him I really enjoyed that. And he's like, well, in, in my experience, life is not fun, so you have to bring fun with you wherever you go. Bring your own fun. And that stuck with me. I was like, that's, real, that's a good idea. Bring your own fun. Because so. <clears throat> sometimes we take life awfully serious and take ourselves awfully serious. And I don't know. Nothing. Nothing makes me more unhappy than taking myself too seriously. Because then, then I'm not happy with me, and and uh, yeah, nothing is good enough. But uh, <clears throat> you know, it's really quite uh, quite liberating to be able to uh, you know laugh at yourself and. You know, laugh. You know, when other people are not, they're not laughing with you. They're laughing at you, and you just laugh at you with them. You know, that's really therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he says to labor into this rest, or to enter into this rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief or disobedience. This sense of being unable or un, being unpersuadable that God is uh, is is telling me that that these things are are all wrapped up on his end. And so, you know, like the old Keith Green song uh, where he said that it's all been done. You just got to claim the victory. And I was talking with somebody earlier this week. I've read this chapter like a hundred times. But when I... It always seems to me like he was kind of just randomly changing the subject here because 412 is kind of one of those verses that everybody knows off the top of their head, but it's always just kind of by itself, you know. It's like we memorize lots of verses out of the context of how they're being used or whatever. And uh but this this verse starts with the word for. And and so he's linking this uh what he's getting ready to say with what he just said. So he said, let us therefore labor to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is any creature that is, there is there any creature not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So of course we know that the the word of God, this, this, <clears throat> this dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. You know, God helps us sort through all these things. I, you know, I love how people get so uneasy about people that hear voices. It's like, you know, find me somebody on the planet who doesn't hear voices. You know, <laughs> you know? I mean, honestly, anybody that would actually be be honest with you, it's like. You don't think, you know, it's like, you really seriously think that everything in your head is you? I mean, okay. (laughs) 
I don't know. I used to, I, I used to watch this show when I was growing up that uh, about this this guy, and it's just about him living his life. But and then in, they have like this whole other like plot going on inside of his head of these like four people that represent different parts of his personality, and uh, you know it's like I think that's a little bit more like it, you know, because we all argue with ourselves, and uh, <clears throat> uh, but the word of God, of course, we all know this is how we we discern. Okay, so where is this voice coming from? Like, is this God or is this something else? Um, I don't typically concern myself too much what the something else is, if it's me or if it's something from the outside or um, maybe it's something I'm picking up from somebody around me or something like that. I mean, it's, it's nice to know that. Sometimes it can be useful. But typically, if it's not from God and it's not me, then... Um, that's a good time to toss it out. Sometimes if it's you, it's a good time to toss it out. Kind of depends. But, uh, um, you know, because we, we get these thoughts. It's like, well, I, I think God is telling me, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so then, you know, we hold that thing up to the Word of God to see, well, what does the Word of God say about X, Y, and Z? Does that seem like something that God would actually say or not? And oftentimes, God's going to say something to you like, quoting something from the Word to you. And it uh, starts out that way a lot. But uh, <clears throat> um, but it's interesting because he's spent all this time talking about belief, about, about believing the Word of God and accepting the Word of God, being persuaded by the promises and the Word of God. And then, and he says to labor and enter into this rest, lest you fall short of it because of unbelief. And then he's, and then he ties this in with the word of God. So, so the word of God then is your your toolbox as you labor to enter into his rest, because it can indeed be a labor to continually go back to the word of God standing on the Word of God when you've got all the voices. Especially um, when uh, especially when it's your own. You know, to be quite honest, I you know, I've had plenty of times where the things that I was thinking about how something was going to turn out was not very good. Or or about how how I was going to turn out was not very good. But but what the Word of God says is something entirely different. Um, you know, like Zoe says, the Bible says that um, He'll never leave leave me nor for resake me. So, I love I love six year olds; they're great. But uh, um, you know, and <clears throat> sometimes uh, you know, and, and I like I like having the Word of God to stand on. And sometimes um, I think we get kind of antsy because we can't think of a scripture that specifically answers whatever we're thinking about or whatever is running through our mind. Um, and certainly that's ideal. But um, you know, I think there are some verses that are a really great uh, kind of a cure-all type of verse. You know, uh, it's like, Nevertheless, the Lord uh, knows them that are His. 
I forget how the rest of that one goes. I had it earlier, but uh, um, <clears throat> there's just a host of verses that where God talks about I'm, you know, I've, I've called you, I've chosen you, and I'm going to get you through. Um, you know, the one about how uh, you know could a uh, could a nursing mother forget her children? You know, like you know, neither could I forget you. Of, you know, engraving your name upon the palms of my hands. Um, you know, I mean, what 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 would that not answer? You know, and uh, you know, because really, if you if you take most of the most of the thoughts that are going to get lobbed at you during any given day, most of the time they're going to boil down to God's not on your side. God doesn't love you. God's not happy with you. You're not going to make it. Um, and uh, it's usually just that from one angle or another. It's like it's like the same song, different key, you know. And yet, uh, and so that's what I like, you know. That's one of my favorite verses because, again, what does that not answer? And so there's the sense of laboring then that happens to enter into his rest because we have to stand on the word of God and and we, you know, we expect that we can throw it out there once and that's that. Um, you know, it's like the my kids watch this movie where uh, um, this uh, this guy's like throwing this boomerang at this like little squirrel and he's not very bright. And he can't figure out where this boomerang is coming from, and he's like, "Be gone! I don't believe in you!" And of course, it comes right back, you know. And uh, you know, we think that we should be able to do that with the devil, <laughs> and uh, or that we should be able to do that with these thoughts that come to us. Um, but the Bible says to you know, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So that's not always quite so sudden. Sometimes that takes a while. Uh, but there, so there's definitely a labor that happens there about entering into his rest. So, uh, and, and uh, I got to read the end of this chapter as well. He says, seeing therefore, or seeing then in verse 14, that we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. And that's great because that, that goes right back to laboring down into his rest, like holding fast. You know, as you read through Hebrews, it's kind of a, a recurring thing. He keeps talking about holding fast, holding on to your confidence, holding on to the word of, excuse me, the word of God, knowing that He gets these things done in us. Uh, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So. Um, there's nothing like having a problem and you go to talk to somebody about it that you know that could help you or you hope would help you, and they kind of look at you like, really? It's like, are 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 you being serious about this being a problem, or oh come on, suck it up, you know this is nothing, and uh, uh, it's precious because. It says here that he's a high priest. That, that it's not that he can't be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He he gets gets what it's like to be you. you know, and that's the thing that that happens so much that we miss in dealing with one another is, you know, we don't put ourselves in in other people's shoes. We we or we haven't had that experience that they're dealing with. And so, 
you know, you can uh, you can certainly you know sympathize with the things they're going through. You can understand the things that they're going through to some degree, or that 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 would be difficult. But if you haven't experienced it, it's not the same, you know. And so, um, you know, with one thing that this makes me think of is is uh, is how the Bible says that he he knows our frame and he remembers that we're dust. Uh, because you don't have a lot of expectation about dust. You know, you don't expect much of it. And so, um, and that's the great thing about God is that while He knows that we're dust, it's His glory to make us into something more than that. Uh, just go with me real quick over to Philippians chapter 2. And this is um, going to talk a little bit more about about this this laboring to enter into his rest and 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 how we do that. And I'll just start in I'll start in verse five. Uh, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So, so there's the sense of this mind transplant that happens. Because as we, as we put the Word of God in us and let that mind become our mind, then it makes this... Uh, this entering into his rest more and more of something that that just kind of is natural because as you put the word of God in you, then um, the more time you spend in it, in it, the more time you spend with Him, the more your faith in it grows, and and you you stand on on the things that He says. Well, the other thing I like about what He's talking about here is. Um, is the sense of of servitude and and surrender because he, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. And uh, it seems like lately we can't get away from God talking about surrender, God talking about obedience. You know, and that's the interesting side of this coming to rest because there's you know we we think of rest as there not being anything that we would have to do then. My comfy chair, and my blankie, and my cup of coffee, and all that. But um, there, there is actually those things that God would have you to do, and so we do them. And and the precious thing is, is that He puts that that power inside of us, and and that's where so often I think we get hung up is confusing the sense of power that God gives us to do the things that he tells us to do uh, with our salvation not being by works. And, and I think we talked about this last week. But it, we, we have this feeling of, well, I don't, I don't have to do anything because my salvation is by grace and all that. It's like, well, sure. But, you know, Jeremy's my kid and nothing is going to change the fact that he's my kid and I love him and... 
And, you know, whether or not he did anything that I told him to do is beside that point. But that doesn't change the fact that he still has to do what he's told. He still has to obey. And uh, so, fortunately, he's quite tractable and obeys me quite quite well. The other two, we're working on it. And... Uh, <laughs> uh, that was fun yesterday. Uh, yeah, we've been in our house for almost two years and like finally, finally put up curtains in Zoe's room and, and in Jeremy's room. And, uh, um, I don't know why it took us that long, but it did. And, uh, it was great because, uh, brought Zoe in for the big reveal, you know, and she, uh, she wanted to move her tent on top of her bed because I, I kept, I kept commenting about how she would, she has this beautiful bed, but she sleeps in this little tent on the floor. And uh, so, um, so Cindy's like, we should just put the tent on the bed. And Zoe is just. <laughs> so, so I put her tent on her bed. I put up her new curtains and everything. And it was great. She was all excited and awesome. You know, nothing like a, an exuberant little six-year-old jumping on you and squeezing you and kissing you and all that stuff. It's great. Makes it all worthwhile. But uh, no, but so obedience then is is certainly something that we do, and I like how back in Hebrews we talked about that word for unbelief and and it being used. Uh, I mean, the the word for unbelief and the word for disobedience in the Greek are actually very similar, and like I said, they come from that same root word. And so the thing I think is interesting about that is faith believes that you have to obey God. Uh, because uh if if you don't if you don't think that you have to obey him, then you don't really believe him. You don't really believe that he is who and what he says that he is. So uh so that's a really interesting thing because God does put plenty of stuff in his word that we do, things that he expects for us to do. And uh um, uh, and we're all really good at finding ways around it. <laughs> uh, see, at least somebody's with me there. Okay. It's like, uh, I don't know if you've ever had like a like a scriptural fencing match with somebody before, but uh, it's typically not all that profitable, especially not with God. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was like, but you said, yeah, I know I said that, but this is, this you're you're taking it all out of like it's like of course with my kids I usually just pull out I I know that's what I said but listen to what I'm saying so it's great to be able to just pull that out <clears throat> but um so skip down with me just briefly to uh, verse 12 here in Philippians 2 and he says wherefore my beloved as you have always obeyed not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling and of course, this is—it's like fear is in like terror and reverence, that kind of thing. Um, it says, "For it is God which works in you to will and to do of His good pleasure." Um, and, uh, and I've talked about this before, but I love how the the Darby puts this: "It's God which works in you, the willing and the working." And so, um, so God expects obedience then. 
and and he and he expects us to believe the things that he that he has put in his word. But he's not left us without recourse because we often feel like it's something that we have to just hike up our belt and do it. But uh, and honestly, there are things that we do. But uh, in in general, what we he has made this this provision in his word. Come to me. If you're having trouble with this thing, if you don't know what to do with this thing, and this thing is just beyond you, then then come to me and let's talk about it. That's why he's called the counselor. And um, and 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 he says that he that he works in you the willing and the working. Because sometimes we don't want to do the stuff that God wants us to do, but he uh, he he works on that too. You know, I, Brother Andrew tells this great story about um, when he discovered that they made pocket Bibles in the the Cyrillic script, which is typically makes a very large, large book because it's a really big script that they used in Eastern Europe. And uh, he was trying to get uh, a, a run of these little mini Bibles printed in England. And they 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 had kind of this minimum amount that they were willing to do, and and they needed X amount of dollars to do it, and he just didn't have it. And he prayed, and he waited, and he scrimped, and he saved, and he didn't have it. And uh, and uh, one day he looks at his wife, and he's like, "How much do you think our house is worth?" And she's like, "No, not the house," as, as all of us would. And he's like, well, he's like, we've, we've got to do something to get off of zero. And, uh, you know, and I was just talking with somebody about this recently. You know, if God wants you to do something, you know, he'll, he'll make a way for you to do it. You know, you could scrimp and save till doomsday and probably not get together what God needs for you to get together. But, um, but what he, uh, so they, they, uh, they prayed and, and they said, God, you know we don't want to get rid of our house. We don't want to sell this house. This house has been such a blessing. And, of course, they lived in Holland where um, if you wanted to buy a house, you had to go on a waiting list. And uh, um, they, uh, um, so they, they, they prayed that God would make them willing to be willing to sell the house. And, and I like that because it's like they just kept dumbing it down. It's like, it's like I'm I'm not willing to do this, but I want to be willing to be willing to do this. And so, in his words, with this like thimbleful of willingness to obey that they gave him, and and not even really obey him necessarily because it wasn't it wasn't that he told them to get rid of the house, but they just they they needed something from God to to get done the thing that God had given them to do, and uh, um, they didn't have to sell the house. And 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 God opened up another door that they would have never thought of, uh, because that, that's what God does. So He does uh, work in us, the willing and the working, and and all He needs from us is just to be honest with Him. You know, because you know sometimes we feel like, well, I can't just come to Him and tell Him, God, I don't want to do this, because that's that's not going to go over well. You don't do that with your boss. Well. <laughs> I suppose not, but you know. But but to seriously just tell him, it's like God, I 
I, I need you to help me because I want to be willing to do the things that you want me to do, and I want to be persuadable that the things that you're telling me in your word are for me, that they belong to me, and that um, that um, because you've given us a covenant, and there's things that you do, and there's things that we do, and you have yet to let me down on the things that you do, and so. Uh, I'd like to kind of even that up a little bit on my end, but I need your help. So, Jesus, we just thank you for the things that you're doing in our life. God, and like Abraham, God, we want to be uh, fully persuaded that that which you've promised you are able to accomplish. God, we want to not stagger in unbelief. God, but we want to be persuadable. God, that, uh, that you would put in us that gift of faith that would reach up and take hold of your word. God, that we would hold fast uh, our profession and our confidence in You. God, that You are getting these things done in us. God, and all You need from us is cooperation. All You need from us is consent. All You need from us is that thimbleful of willingness. And God, we just pray that You would do in us what only You can. God, bring us to that place of, of full surrender, God, where we would humble ourselves and become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And bring it to pass in every person in this place this morning. God, I'm in agreement with every prayer in this place that you'd get these things done in us. And God, today I just pray that you would accomplish exactly what you want in this place. And that your word would come forth and do exactly what you want it to do. God, we pray it and ask it in your righteous holy name. Amen, amen. All right.